Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Bobbitt, and I'm here with my beautiful husband, Mike Bobbitt, and this is the podcast where he and I make one another watch movies the other has never seen. And this week, Mike, you made me watch I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. I did. I felt like after Cherry 2000, you really needed a break and should be allowed to watch something. I had a pretty solid feeling that you were going to enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you? Yes, very much so. It's yeah. so good. And I love Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood, so yeah, that I helped. <laughs> thought it was pretty fitting because when this was one of the movies I was considering, you showed me the story about how Elijah Wood is joining season two of the Yellow Jackets yes. with Melanie Linsky. So I was like, oh yeah, then now is the perfect time to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. It It is a 2017 movie written and directed by Macon Blair, Mm -hmm. who is a very frequent, actually, and always collaborator of director, writer Jeremy Saulnier. Mm -hmm. And doing a little bit of research about them, I didn't realize this. They met in elementary school. Oh, my God. They've been friends since they were 11 years old. They grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, which is right outside of D.C., and uh, a place that I uh, stayed a couple times mm-hmm. with my friend, the former Lori Essex. And uh, when I would go out and hang out with the guys in Guar, mm-hmm. uh, who I will bring up multiple times during yeah. this podcast, <laughs> because uh, Macon Blair also went to Virginia Commonwealth University, which is where Guar, Guar yeah. went to. Uh, a lot of the guys in Guar went to college. Oh, wow. Yeah. I uh, looked up notable alumni of VCU mm-hmm. to see who else it listed. First of all, did not list Macon Blair or any of the guys in Guam. Really? Okay. A uh, lot of athletes. Yeah. And Stephen First, who played Flounder in Animal House. <laughs> That's about Really? It. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been friends since they were 11 when they would have class projects together. Instead of having to write papers, they would just ask teachers, like, hey, can we just make a video or something? And then they would use these uh, class assignments as opportunities to learn how to do, like, squibs and stuff like that. Oh, that's hilarious. So uh, when they went to different colleges and they would still just help each other out with, like, film projects when Mm -hmm. they were uh film students and uh just 
stuck together. Like I, I love it that this is a story of two guys who are making it just because they're talented and they work hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Macon Blair has uh, relatives who helped fund some of their early work. Yeah. But, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Aww. It's uh, really neat, too, that uh, Macon Blair was talking about how they have this kind of like ideal where they're just going to find people that they really enjoy working with. Mm-hmm. And then they're just going to keep working with those people as much as they can. Yeah. So I think it's pretty neat that the cast of this seems to have really gotten along because the next thing up for Macon Blair is he's written and directed the reboot of Toxic Avenger, which is starring Peter Dinklage and Kevin Bacon. And it also (laughs) brings back Elijah Wood, David Yao, Jane Levy, and uh, Macon Blair's wife, Lietti, who plays Melanie Linsky's friend in this. Yeah, yeah. She's back for Toxic Avenger as well. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so like four people from this movie are coming back for Toxic Avenger, which I, I think is awesome. That is awesome. It just says a lot about those people, too. Yeah. If you're ever like, oh, I wonder if those people are cool. You know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably very cool. So do you want to do a... a quick rundown of the plot yes so this movie is about um melanie linsky's character who what's her character's name ruth ruth who is a depressed woman who comes home from work one day and realizes that her house has been robbed and the police don't really take her that seriously and are kind of like, are you sure you locked your door? There was no forced entry. Kind of seems like it was your own fault that you got robbed kind of thing. And because she's just sick of people treating her like garbage, she takes matters into her own hands to find her stuff and kind of not necessarily seek vengeance, but get some kind of yeah, justice. Just get her shit back. Yeah, get her shit back and be like, stop being assholes. Yeah. And one of in, the assholes that she encounters is her neighbor, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, who keeps letting his dog poop in her yard. Yes. So she confronts him about it, and it's kind of an awkward encounter, but ultimately they end up being friends and cohorts, and um, chaos ensues in a really crazy but fun like oh yeah this is definitely a dark comedy but horrifying way yeah (laughs) it's so good yeah i loved this movie so much i didn't even realize that it was jane levy at first i had no idea either i was looking at imdb because i was wondering who like the one thug was Not, not christian not Christian Jr., but like the older guy. Right. Um, a rich junkie has stolen everything. Yeah. And he's teamed up with two crackheads. One of them, uh, Marshall, played by yes. David Yao, who is the singer of the Jesus Lizard. No. Oh. And um, the Jesus Lizard, if you don't know, they were one of those like um, psychedelic punk bands from Texas, sort of like butthole surfers okay yeah and they were one of kurt cobain's favorite bands oh wow to the point that kurt cobain made it his mission he was like i am going to break the jesus lizard big i'm gonna get them huge success because they deserve it 
never really happened yeah because um like i was trying to listen to some of the jesus lizard stuff because it was just one of those bands that even though i like a lot of that austin scene from Mm -hmm. that era they were just not one of those bands that i could get into they're kind of like industrial heavy like ministry but not as listenable and as weird as butthole surfers but there's something like really catchy about a butthole surfer song yeah that i just couldn't find an endpoint in with the jesus yeah but yeah david yao like he so convincingly plays this like creepy junkie creepy junkie but he's like a a director and a writer like he's yeah. directed music videos for the offspring and stuff yeah like that. Like yeah he's, like he's yeah yeah he he doesn't um he doesn't always look like a junkie crackhead <laughs> i mean he doesn't always not look like yeah. a junkie crackhead but too, i mean jane levy also doesn't look like yeah. a junkie crackhead i didn't realize it was her at first no it, it was really funny too because i listened to an interview with her to prepare for this and she was talking about having to present at the golden globes Mm -hmm. um and she really is torn because she likes to promote stuff that she's proud of like she was there for promoting zoe's extraordinary playlist Mm -hmm. and she's like so i i like that but i hate dressing up like i feel so awkward like i didn't become an actor to try to look pretty and i'm like oh girl you succeeded in this movie. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's got like a bunch of face tattoos and her yeah. hair is all crazy and like, is it dreaded? You haven't looked just this fucked up? up since you were possessed in the evil dead. Yeah, she looked fucked up. Like, and all, her clothes are dirt. Like, she looks a mess. Yeah. And um, I finally realized it was her when I was looking up to see who played Marshall. And then I was like, oh shit, like, that is Jane Lee. Yeah, it blew my mind because. You know, I've I've seen this before, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it when I watched it before. Yeah, and yeah, I was blown away. She's pretty incredible. She really is. She's a really good actress. When you think of like stuff that she's done, like Evil Dead and this, where she just disappears, but then yeah. you know she got her you know big break from doing Suburgatory. Yeah, and you know. Most recently, the Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is, you know, a musical yeah. light sitcom. Yeah, which is crazy because the first time I saw her in anything was um, the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. And she's fucking terrifying in that. Right. And oh God. and I was like, how is she? What? Like, it's 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 nice to, um, you know see someone who can disappear into a role this is why i asked you before we recorded if the animated robin hood was one of those movies that you really liked as Mm -hmm. a kid you and jane levy have something weird in common she wasn't a big movie person growing up uh her family only had like 10 vhs tapes Mm -hmm. she's like i don't know they were just ones that we didn't return to the video store or something yeah and uh, two of the ones that she could remember that she would just watch over and over and over again mm-hmm. were the animated Robin Hood uh-huh. and your favorite movie of all time, the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, my God. For real? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I loved the the Robin Hood with the foxes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my favorite movie is the Royal Tenenbaums. That's so hilarious. Yeah. Wow. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. All right. 
She also likes Harriet the Spy. I don't know if you have any feelings of um, that. I think I was a little too old for Harriet the Spy. Okay. Um, yeah, I think she's uh, about seven or eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. it, it was it was something that I knew came out. Like I mm-hmm. was familiar with Michelle Trachtenberg because she was on The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I didn't follow <laughs> that. I was a little too old. Yeah, it made me think of you when I discovered that. Today. That's so cute. That's cute. I yeah. like that. I cringed so much every time that Ruth has to interact with <laughs> literally any police officer. Oh, God. Because they just. <sighs> I get so pissed off. I, like anytime I was victimized by anything in my entire life. And it's it mostly was, just one detective. Yeah, it's just the one detective. Yeah, played by Gary Anthony Williams, yes. who we both know mostly as Judge Conklin from Bob's Burgers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he also does a voice on Puppy Dog Pals. Okay. <laughs> He's, yeah, he does tons of voiceover yeah. stuff. He's done a lot of Star Wars stuff. And uh, he and the um, WWE wrestler Seamus mm-hmm. play Bebop and Rocksteady in the most recent live-action Turtles movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja nice. Turtle movies. They're pretty much the only reason to watch that movie. All right. So. Yeah, I really related with that where I was like... Wow, everything is just fucking my fault, huh? Like, it's so... (sighs) I felt that in my soul, just trying to explain, like, hey, something shitty happened to me, and they're like, yeah, but you did this, so, like, it's kind of your own fault. I'm like, but it's not, like, it's not, though. (laughs) It's not my own fault, because it's still wrong. (laughs) Do you have, like, different perspective on situations like that removed? Or no, are you still pretty much adamant like Ice Cube over there, fuck the police? No, I mean, I think that things are sort of changing a little bit. So I feel a little bit more like people take me seriously. But I I do get agitated when I know someone is thinking like, oh, this happened? Well, that's because you did this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just existing in the world. I don't deserve to be victimized. I'm going to say this was close to two years ago. Mm -hmm. I got into a Facebook fight with a stranger who threatened to find where we lived and um, do violence upon me. Mm -hmm. And I felt it was a serious enough thing that I stopped at the police department on my way home and showed them the screenshots and everything. And the cop said, so this guy out of the blue or did you provoke him? And I was like, well, no, I mean, we're having a disagreement about politics or whatever yeah. stupid thing. And uh, I was like, I just feel really, you know, uncomfortable. I have a baby at home and mm-hmm. I have a wife and I take care of my mom. And the cop was like, probably shouldn't start fights with wackos on the internet then should you and i was like okay point taken yes but also i'm not threatening to go to his house and do something to him like he yes i'm not saying i was like that's why i get mad is because it's like yes i was doing something that wasn't cool but i'm not threatening you yeah but i'm just saying removed from that I'm like, uh, you know, what did I expect the cops to do? I need you to 
put someone at the foot of my driveway for the next week. You know, like. Yeah. You know, come on. I guess my feeling is I always kind of go back to I used to work at a fitness club that will remain unnamed. And I got sexually harassed by a member. And I was very friendly with him because I, I'm just he was nice to me and not everybody is nice to you when you're at work. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I was like, friend, you know, like friendly with him. Yeah, but that was a lifetime ago. Take that part out. No, I don't want to get in trouble. I didn't say anything. Okay. I'm just saying that was a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is, is that when he started making me uncomfortable and like following me to my car and I was scared, management was like, well, you know, you're always being nice to him. Like kind of your own fault this happened i'm like but it's not like right i'm just being nice to someone who's being nice to me that doesn't mean that he gets to scare the living shit out of me by following me to my car like yeah no you're absolutely right so that's that i i i felt how she felt when she's like it doesn't matter if someone entered my house because i left the door unlocked. Yes. That happens sometimes. They're still not supposed to come into my house and steal my shit. So <laughs> that pissed me off. A, an apartment that I had was broken into and all of my movies were stolen. Mm-hmm. So, and it was at the time that GameStop was selling used DVDs and stuff like yeah. that. So I let the district know like, hey... These are some of the titles. If you see these movies come in, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up going to the Pontiac GameStop and found all of my movies. And it was one of those things that, you know, my taste is pretty eclectic that Mm -hmm. there aren't going to be a lot of people trading in Guar DVDs, which is an extra time of referencing Guar. I I still have one more Guar reference locked and loaded. I believe it. I believe it. And... You know, other, you know, meet the, fe- well, I guess someone who had Guar would also have meet the feebles, but that anyway. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, so I contacted GameStop Corporate and I was like, hey, all of these came in. Uh, they're stolen. I posted about it. You know, what can I do? And GameStop was like, you can buy them back at cost. And I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's You sucks. bought stolen merchandise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also what happens to Ruth. You know, yeah. she goes to this kind of like, um, like flea market kind of really thing. low rent flea market. Yeah. Real yeah. shit flea market. But she goes in there and she, her grandmother silver was stolen. So she finds it and it's, you know, it's, she starts to walk out with it and the guy's like hey you got to pay for that and she's like it was stolen from me <laughs> did you catch the little follow-up to that later in the movie where there's the police report about a guy being <laughs> hit in his driveway oh yeah <laughs> yeah was, yeah 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 so i mean no, I, I get where you're coming that, from. And that shit does suck. Like, I, my house got robbed when I lived in Kalamazoo. Like, someone kicked in our back door when we weren't home. And I had gone home for the weekend. And, like, my laptop got stolen. And a bunch of money got... Like, I was... It, it really sucked. And the police were like, well... You know, have you had any parties lately? Like, have you, you know, been showing off or, you know, someone broke into my car and stole my stereo. And the first thing the police asked were like, 
who did you tell you got a new stereo in your car? I'm like, what? How is this my fault? Yeah. How are you dressed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like you were asking for it. I was like, I didn't tell anybody that I got a new stereo except for like two of my coworkers. Like, doesn't matter. I think the reason this movie resonates so much is because Macon Blair did write it after his home was broken into mm-hmm. and the police were pretty unresponsive. So I yeah. think he just tapped into the feeling that pretty much everyone has yeah. when they're broken into. And, yeah. you know, this is certainly revenge fantasy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that you would go and you would track your shit down and you'd be like, so fuck you. Yeah. So I, I love that aspect that she's like, if you motherfuckers aren't going to take me seriously, then I'm just going to get my shit back myself. And she does, which is awesome. And I love that even though, like, she's initially furious with Elijah Wood because he is walking his giant dog and they have such an awkward encounter. Like, she walks outside, sees the poop on her lawn, and then sees him walking, Pat, you know, (laughs) towards his house. So she picks it up with, like, a newspaper, like a leaflet, and chucks it at him. And he's like, what? And she's like, stop letting your dog shit on my lawn. And he's like, I didn't know. And she's like, you do it all the time. (laughs) And he's just like, okay. And like picks it up and leaves. And it's so awkward. But that she goes back later and she's like, listen, like my house got robbed. Like, did you see anything? I'm sorry. No, that was weird. And he's so fired up to like help. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's the moment he's been training for his whole life. Yes. Like, he has throwing stars. He has nunchucks. He wears the little ninja booties with the big toe. He does. And, oh, uh, God, it's so funny. When his dog is, uh, his dog's name is Kevin. Uh, when he wants Kevin to stop barking, he's yelling, Anjing, Anjing, at him, which is <laughs> Mandarin for quiet. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I also love that his dog's name is Kevin. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know why I like it so much when animals have people names. You know, I hated it, but I have come around to it just mostly because we've talked about how one day you want a um, German shepherd named Burt Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And I just want a little dog named Bruno Kirby. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, right? Yeah. Yes. Also, it's just like. like I'll never call him Bruno or Bert. I will call them Bert Reynolds and Bert, Bruno Kirby. Yeah, you got to call them by their full name. Yeah. I also really like the idea of like if you had a cat named Kevin, you'd be like, Kevin, get off the counter. <laughs> Kevin, stop licking your asshole. Like, yeah. I just feel like that would be really fun. Brad, stop humping mommy's sweatpants. Oh. <laughs> uh, so they end up tracking down Ruth's. Um, computer because she has like a find my computer app on her Mm. phone so she that you know it's going off you know because it finally found it and she calls the police and they're like yeah we can add it to the report and she's like no like can you go get it though (laughs) like can you send an officer there and they're like we can add it to the report (laughs) like so unhelpful so she's like fuck it i'm just gonna go and she brings um elijah you know she brings tony and kevin with her and the fact that like 
they punch the what do they do to the guy they like punch him in the oh they hit him in the face with the nunchucks right yeah uh, elijah wood pulls out the nunchucks and the guy tries to grab them and they just kind of pull right out of elijah wood's hands and the guy ends up hitting himself in the face with the yeah and uh and then like they bust in the front door and he just throws a ninja star like i feel like that into the wall like not at them that's brilliant But it seemed like one of those organic moments where they're leaving the house and Elijah Wood's trying to pull the the throwing star out of the wall and it's stuck really. And And he finally gets it and he turns to them and says, see how hard I threw that? It was so funny. Because they're just staring at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like struggling to get the star out of the wall. It was so much fun watching this after watching North to see... Elisha would kind of grow into this dirt bag with a rat tail and <laughs> yeah he has a rat tail which is glorious yeah um and then you know they obviously they find the silver at the um the flea market and then you know they are like well who did this you know so they kind of do their own detective work and they figure out you know because she finds a footprint in her backyard and kind of by happenstance she figures out that it was yeah. this guy and uh you know she goes to his what is his dad's house and his where his stepmom lives and you know they pretend to be the cops and that stepmom her aloofness was so beautiful (sighs) she was so like i love it when the dad shows up with his security guard (laughs) and he's like clear like checking all the rooms like with a gun out and she's like, oh, my God, Chris, I'm fucking bored. <laughs> like, the security you? guard wasn't that far removed from like an over the top character. I could have seen Keegan-Michael Key playing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But he plays it so straight. He does. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like no, no comedy. Like he is the straight man in that the yeah. whole thing. It's so funny because, you know, the guy in the you know the two parents are just yelling at each other and she's like i'm just fucking bored Mm -hmm. he's like you know they're not the cops right and she's like yeah no shit i know they're not the cops (laughs) tired of sitting in this house all fucking day i love it yeah and um so you know they go there and you know he's like what do you want lady and it's like your son robbed me and he's like okay what do you want me to do about that and she's like i just i want people to not be assholes yeah and I'm like, oh, man, me too. <laughs> I, I really knew want... this would hit you in the feels. <laughs> me too. I want people to not be assholes too. Aww. And, um, you know, she's leaving and she's pissed. So she steals their lawn tiger. <laughs> and that, like, kind of causes the rift a little bit between her and Tony. Because he's like, that's not yours. And she's like, I know, but I'm pissed. So I'm taking it. Yeah. And, you know, he's upset with her for doing that but you know that's kind of what leads to the the big climax of the movie where you know she goes home and tony's not with her and, and christian jr kidnaps her and they go back to well oh yeah he tries to kidnap he tries her, to kidnap her and then he gets nailed so she has made a plaster mold of the footprint that she found in her backyard that she brought to the police and they're like what do you want us to do with that it was basically like, okay, I don't go to your job down at the Burger King and slap the dicks out of your mouth. Right. It's basically what he said. 
And so, you know, it's just sitting on her, you know, the table when she walks in and (laughs) she's got a weird feeling that maybe someone's in her house or she's looking out the front door and Christian comes out of nowhere. And so she hits him like in the, like she slaps him with it kind of, but she hits him right in the throat and probably like broke something, you know? So he starts kind of choking and he walks out of the house and gets hit by a bus, (laughs) which I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Cause she's like, oh, oh shit. Oh shit. So she's trying to call 911 and Marshall and um, Jane Levy are in the car and they're like, oh fuck, we got to go get her. She's calling the cops. So she's like on the phone like yes a man he broke into my house and jane levy just nails her in the head with the butt of a shotgun yeah and they kidnap her and they bring her back to the house so that they can rob that place yeah they need a third in their plan yeah they give her an unloaded gun and they make her knock on the door and that's how they get in and chaos ensues from there it's so it's also like one of those things where you're like, God, every fucking thing is going wrong right now. Like these people are such idiots. Everyone is shooting each other and accidentally killing other, you know, one another. Uh-huh. <laughs> like because they're all fucking idiots, like pretending to be thugs. And <laughs> at the last minute, you know, like Elijah Wood shows up and Jane Levy fucking stabs him. And you're like, no. Yeah. Oh, and the way she stabs him is one of those like multiple prison stabs. stabs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Where she gets him and he's like, oh, fuck. And then she like jabs him like eh, 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 like a prison shank. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Marshall's base. Well, kind of the only one left stabbing the standing the mom. He's about to shoot her. And um, Ruth stands in front of her and is like, you're not going to kill anyone else. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like saves this woman's life. Yep. Because he was gonna kill her too. Because mm-hmm. they do kind of accidentally shoot everyone else. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jane Levy on purpose shoots the dad in the hand because he has a gun. Because he has a weird feeling about them. You yep. know when they call him downstairs, but he accidentally gets shot in the head by Marshall. Um, <laughs> Marshall accidentally shoots Caesar. Accidentally shoots fucking Jane Levy in the head. <laughs> like it's they just all everyone who dies in that scene is accidentally shot yep like everyone who dies <laughs> you're just like what the fuck is going on yeah and you know Ruth is is you know trying to get Tony out of there and <sighs> it's it's so it's such a crazy moment because you're like oh my god like tony's bleeding out and marshall starts chasing them so the the woman the mom gets away and she's it's just her you know booking it down the street you know to get the hell out of there but ruth and tony are trying to escape through the woods but tony really can't run so she hides him under a tarp and you're like is he gonna die what's happening and yeah ruth basically just outsmarts him Yep. You know, she she outsmarts him and leaves him to die in the woods and you know, you you're it's unclear at first if Tony survives because he's not it's a, responding. It's a really great final shot of him. It really is. So, you know, after all this craziness happens, there's there's like a small little shot of of the woman, the mom in um the police station like 
crying where she's like yeah it was this one it was this one and then they show her melanie linksky's picture and she's like no and you know it's like no that's the one that saved me i'm not right you know she didn't do this so that hit me in the feels a little bit where i was like oh someone's not being an asshole (laughs) like she gets it and um and then you know she's at her friend's house and they're having a barbecue and they're kind of talking and it's clear that you know they they know everything that happened you know her friend's like are you okay and she's like i guess you know try to make her feel better and she turns and you just see like elijah wood's head but there's this like glow behind him and you're like she's smiling and you're like is he dead and then it pulls back and he's standing in front of a barbecue like barbecuing like you know with the dog and the her friend's husband and (laughs) i'm like they love each other yeah it was such a beautiful ending so devin gay who plays christian Mm -hmm. i think this is pretty neat he played teenage dexter on the show dexter oh wow okay and like he's really creepy looking in this. And he's very life, creepy. He's a, he's a pretty handsome guy in real life. Yeah, I saw his um actual yeah headshot. He is a handsome guy. He's and very terrifying in this. During Dexter, uh, he and Michael C. Hall, who plays adult Dexter, mm-hmm. uh, became really good friends. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, Devin Gay accepted, uh, I think, a Saturn Award. On Michael C. Hall's behalf because oh, Michael C. Hall sick. couldn't get there. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I think that's really cool. That, that says cool. a lot about a guy who is really fucking upsetting looking. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's his a inter- junkie. And- yeah. His introduction where he does this creepy smile that almost looks like the screen does like a warping thing. Yeah. And he creeped me out big time. Yeah. Like, just- he looks like a real life version of that upcoming movie, Smile. <laughs> like, it's- yeah it was creepy where i was like i I, like i'm i'm not comfortable with this person he is clearly a drug addict and i don't know what he's gonna do like he's very scary um more about how jeremy saulnier and macon blair create kind of family-like experiences on set Mm -hmm. elijah wood met his partner oh Mehdi Marie Kongsved on this movie and they have a kid together now. Yeah, I think they live down in Austin too. Like I don't think oh, they wow. live in oh, that's cool. in Hollywood or anything like that. Nice. I mean he might have a place there, but yeah, he like his home base is Austin. Yeah. Um Jeremy Saulnier always uses Macon Blair's brothers, Willem Brooke Blair to score his movies. Oh, and wow. Macon Blair, of course, used them to score this that's as well. Awesome. Yeah. And um, Melanie Linsky, I don't have a Michigan connection, but Melanie Linsky and I, of course, mm-hmm. are co-stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from I believe the second to last episode of Togetherness, mm-hmm. where uh, her character is speaking in front of a judge or something like that, and uh, my character uh, has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I'm an extra in the episode of Togetherness. Yes. And uh, when she's speaking, the judge in that episode of Togetherness was played by Rick Overton, who was one of the little, uh, with um, Kevin Pollack, one of the little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, bring it back to a previous episode. (laughs) 
this I thought this was really cool. Yeah, Joss Whedon is very problematic that mm-hmm. has come out, but I think it's unrealistic to think that people are just one thing. When Melanie Linsky moved to Los Angeles, he stayed. She stayed with Joss Whedon and his wife mm-hmm. while she was getting on her feet, and she said that she just learned how to do an American accent by watching movies like the Whedon's had a huge movie collection so she would just watch movies over and over and over and she said what helped her the most was watching how Juliette Lewis could do like real trash accents and stuff so she really credited Juliette Lewis who later stars with With her her, on Yellow Jacket so I was like that is so awesome that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. And then the last person I really want to rec- uh, uh, mention is Derek Mears, who plays the gun dealer mm-hmm. in the movie. He is the most recent actor to play Jason Voorhees. He has such a cool story. He's from Bakersfield, mm-hmm. where where my aunt and uncle lived for yeah. many years. Yeah. And we would spend holidays, holidays. when we lived in California because yes. they were the closest family. They were. And um, so when he was in high school in an acting class, they were like, oh, we're going to go see um, uh, comedy uh, sports, you know, improv Mm -hmm. and everything. And he was like, that sounds so stupid. They don't they just make it up. And he ended up seeing it. And he was like, oh, my God, this was like a magic trick in front of my eyes. And he fell in love with improv and started doing it hardcore. And then at 17, the local improv theater was like, hey, do you want to be part of like the the main stage? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm just a kid. And they're like, yeah, but you're really good. Oh, wow. So he's been doing improv since he was a teenager. He's still in an improv troupe called The Resistance. Love and it. it looks like they're all like former stuntmen and shit like that. Love it. Love like if it. you look at their website, it's like, what the? F- These guys are comedy guys. It's mm-hmm. like all guys that look like Derek Mears. Oh geez, um, okay. And like he's six five, bald and like really yeah, intimidating he's a huge looking. guy. Yeah, like, very scary. He has such a background in comedy too. Mm-hmm. He played kick puncher in Community. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Um. Dan Harmon loves him. Had him around Harmontown. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ex-wife actually played Britta in a community knockoff thing. Oh, that's fun. Uh, both he and his ex-wife were on Sarah Silverman's show together, too. Oh, nice. And, uh, like, he's a Channel 101 guy. Oh, like, yeah. There's a good chance that Derek Mears and I know a ton of people in common. Yeah, probably. I used to play Clash of Clans in a clan with a bunch of Channel 101 guys. For all I know, Derek Mears was one of them. Might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to get him on the truth cast soon. You should. Yeah. Here's the last Guar connection. Okay. He also uh, was in a couple episodes of the show Holliston, which also starred Dave Brocky, the late yeah. Dave Brocky from Guar. As I, I think he plays like the... Um, he played Odorous Urungus yeah. on the show and I think like the star of Holliston had an imaginary friend who was Odorous Urungus. Oh, or that's funny. Like that. yeah. I tried to watch a couple episodes and it was pretty fucking unwatchable. Oh, but, um, that happens. Yeah. Plus, I tried to watch it after Dave died and it was oh, probably a little a too little much too yeah. soon for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that you like this. I loved this movie. I can't recommend it enough. Um, what's it on again? Who, uh, Netflix. It's, it's a Netflix on, original. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So... 
please watch it. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, like, it's fun and dark, but it's not so tragic that you'll be devastated, you no. know? If I, I put it in one genre, really I would good. say it's a really dark comedy. Yeah, dark comedy that feels really good at the end. Yeah. Feels really, really good at the end. I had a feeling this would be one of the favorite movies I made you watch for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you know where it sits? Like, is it in your top 10, top five? Is it better than Streets of Fire? Oh, God. Um, it's definitely up there, probably in my top five. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't think of all the movies that we watched right now, but yeah. it's definitely up there. I really, really loved it. Oh, good. It was so good. So to give me a preview of what's coming next, am I going to like the next movie that you make me watch? or I think you'll like it. Okay. Yeah. If I were to have any criticism about this movie... It's in Macon Blair's writing. Like, clearly he did not study the later works of John Hughes, where instead of showing Melanie Linsky fed up with a truck blowing tons of exhaust, a racist lady dying, people cutting in front of her at the grocery store and stuff like that, he should have just had a scene where she explained... I'm very ticked off because everyone is doing microaggressions against me. And clearly, if you went to the John Hughes school, (laughs) you tell, don't show. You tell. Just really unfold it. Just really unravel all of it. Lay it it out there. Yeah. With words. Yeah. I guess there are like little details like Elijah Wood has an unopened Settlers of Catan game <laughs> yeah. meaning that like he wants to have friends to hang out with yeah but, but he doesn't. does not yeah that's one of the things they kind of touch on where they're like he's kind of an intense guy so he clearly doesn't have friends but like yeah. you can tell he's trying really hard and i don't know that's that's sweet yeah Derek mirrors also by the way my age and has been a dungeons and dragons nerd from the beginning of time very nice yeah all right well Thanks so much for making me watch this. I really, really loved it. I am so glad that it was a movie I got to introduce you to. Yes. Yeah. I was so happy watching you enjoy this movie. I am so glad that it wasn't Cherry 2000 again because that movie pissed me off. Understandable. Is there one of those kind of um, under the radar gems that you recommend? Let us know. Yeah. On our Facebook group. Yeah, tell us some of your like under the radar hidden gems, you know, that maybe were were released on Netflix so there wasn't, you know, like a huge marketing campaign behind them. Yeah, that's them. the thing with streaming. There are so many good movies out there yeah. that you, you know, don't get the big ad campaign. Yeah. Tell us your hidden gem movies. I would love to know some of them and maybe we they can be some of our you made us watches. Oh, one last trivia thing too. Yeah. What would have been Jane Levy's first big role? It ended up she had to turn it down because she had a few episodes on Shameless instead. Mm-hmm. But it would have been this movie with Melanie Linsky, where Melanie Linsky would have been playing her mom, even though Melanie Linsky is only like 10 to 12 years old. I was going to say, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. All right. So she and Melanie Linsky have been friends for a very long time. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Cool. 
cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just wanted to end on a little bit more positivity. All right. Also, follow us on Instagram. Allison posts lots of fun pictures from the movies that we talk about. And I usually remember on time. So. <laughs> she has pregnancy brains, so forgive her. Be understanding. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. Uh, Until next week when I find out what movie Allison's going to make me watch next. Have yourselves a wonderful and safe week and go out in the world and do good. Yes. Don't be assholes. Don't be assholes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.